We're talking about how one person can make a difference, how one small individual can matter. And one is if we really pray. Peter and John had been in prison. They had gotten out. They would preached because they had been in prison for preaching the gospel, and now they're out. And in Acts 4, uh, verse 23, the Bible says when they got back with the, pe- with the believers, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David. And they quoted David. And indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city, Lord, to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand would happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus, your holy servant. After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, if we're going to pray and make a difference, it will be that we have to have the right recognition of God as we pray. They called him Sovereign Lord. Now, the word used here is very rare. It's not the usual word for Lord. Curios is the usual word. This is an extremely strong word, which means despot, dictator, the one who rules with absolutely an unrestrained authority. Now, God was not some evil despot or dictator. He was a loving God, but he is king. And when you and I recognize that and let him rule with absolute authority, because he created all things and he's the king of all things and he's the Lord of all things, And when we begin to let him have his way and realize that, then we give him that rightful place as the king of our lives, the sovereign Lord of our lives. It makes a difference. Now, this right, also a right relationship with God's necessary if we're going to pray and make a difference. Uh, The Bible says that in verse 29, they said, we are your servants. In other words, we believe you're Lord. We're surrendered to you as Lord. Now, we're your servants. Tell us what to do. We'll do it. You are our Lord. We put everything in your hands, and they were, they were available. They were right with each other. Acts 4.32 says all the believers were in one heart and mind. You see, they didn't, have, they didn't have bickerings back and forth. They'd gotten that right. They prayed in unison. They prayed together. They were concerned about the same things. And as they prayed for their city, Jerusalem, they prayed that God would do something amazing in their city. They prayed that God would give them the courage to speak in spite of the threats against their lives. The same people who killed Jesus were against them. And then they also prayed the right thing. They had the right request. What we usually ask is primarily about selfish things. I, I notice even my own prayers as I watch them, I notice most of them are related to me and mine and my family. But you see, they had been jailed. They had been mistreated. They did not ask for prayer about that. They did not ask for a change of circumstances. They did not ask for sympathy. They did not ask for the people to, to rain down destruction upon these people who had mistreated them. No, that, that was not their prayer. They didn't focus on themselves. They focused on the people in their city who needed God so desperately. They focused on people who 
had, had a need to come into a relationship with God. And I think it's important for us to recognize that God wants us to pray like that. There was a man in England years ago, William Tyndale, who wanted to translate the Greek New Testament into English so the English people could have the, people, have the word of God in their own language. But Henry VIII, who was the king of England, refused, and they wouldn't let Tyndale do it. So finally Tyndale went outside the country and translated it and brought it back into the country. But they, they caught up with him, and he was deceived, betrayed, and imprisoned, and let, 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 uh, finally burned to death. His dying words were a prayer of intercession, O Lord, open the eyes of the King of England. He was praying that King Henry VIII would recognize the necessity of the scripture in the language of the people, but, didn't, but he didn't see his prayer come true uh, before his death. But it did come true later, and not too long later, when King James became king, he saw the need and had the Bible translated into the first English translation, which is the famous King James Version of 1600. And, 11, and the English people for the first time were able to read the word of God for themselves. But it took courage. One man had that courage. How did he have it? Because he prayed and because he trusted God to work through him. Now the right results comes when we, when we really pray correctly. God will shake the place. The Bible says after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. This expression symbolizes God's presence and activity. There was a manifestation of God's presence. Now, God's always present. Anytime we meet, anytime we pray, he's there. If you're a believer, he lives in you. But we don't always perceive his presence. We don't always recognize his presence. Jacob said at Bethel, God was in this place, but I didn't know it. You see, God was there, but he didn't know it for a long time. God is here today. But any of, many of us are not aware of his presence. We speak of God as somebody far away. We often ask him to come be with us. He's already with us. We just need to ask the one who's with us to let us see that he's there, to let us know that he's there, to open our eyes to the truth. And that's what they did. God will fill us with his spirit if we do that. The Bible says they were all filled with the Spirit afresh. You see, these were the same people who were filled on the day of Pentecost. This is Peter and John who were filled, the Bible says, when they spoke to those leaders. Now they're filled again. What does this simply mean? They were, they were controlled afresh. They were taken control of afresh by God because they submitted themselves to his control. They yielded themselves for him to take over. As a result of their praying, they were filled with the Spirit and God worked. Notice their prayer. They were not seeking an experience. They were not seeking even to be filled with the Spirit. They were asking God to touch their community and the people in it and to give them boldness to proclaim the word. And God did just that. He filled them with the Spirit, which gave them boldness. The Bible says, as they were filled, they spoke the word of God boldly. When you and I get serious, God will empower us to be bold. Verse 33 says, With great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. The result of right praying is that God used a little band of people who were outnumbered, who were outfinanced, 
who were out controlled by power, and he used them to change the world of their day for him. And he can use you to be the cataclysmic change agent in your family, in your business, in your neighborhood. God help us to do that. I hope you have a great day.